see when hear of, of a policeman, there are things you are expecting him to be able to do, to enforce the law. So any time you see, you see a policeman who is begging a thief to stop stealing, then there's a problem. <laughs> you see a policeman who is begging a robber, oh, don't do it, it's wrong. But you expect that that authority that the state has given to the policeman to enforce the law will be there. So there are expectations that God has from us as church workers. And this morning, by the, by the permission of pastor and by the grace of God, I'll share briefly to us or with us some of the things or the things that God expects from us as church workers. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And before I, I start, I want us to just pray to God that God would speak to you this morning, that God would minister to you, God would instruct you through his word, that the, the light of his word would come to you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the entrance of his word giveth understanding, it giveth light. I want to pray that God, light will come into my life. As a church worker, I want to function in light. As a church worker, I want to do things with understanding. It is a problem when people don't do things with understanding. It shows in the results. But you want to pray right down, Lord, as I have found myself before you, I ask that you will teach me by your word. You will instruct me by your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to share what I've entitled, God would not forget your labor of love. And this is, this is a topic that pastor has given, that God has laid on his heart for us to walk in as church workers in this house. God will not forget your labor of love. And the scripture is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 10. Hebrews 6, verse 10. The Bible says that, for God is not unrighteous. I think I shared this on Friday, but this time I'll just teach it. Hallelujah. God, the Bible says that for God is not unrighteous. Other versions say God is not unfaithful. God is not untrue. He says that for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. In that you have ministered, please take note, you have shown your, please on the scripture, I mean on the screen, Hebrews 6 verse 10. Thank you very much. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor. Now he gives, he, he gives a description of the kind of work and labor that God does not forget. The work and labor God expects from us must be through love. 
So he says that your work and labor of love which ye have shown toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. You have not done one act of love or one act of service, but you continue to serve. In the mind of God, he expects that we work for him and we continue to work. So, it is not about doing things for God, but it's about continuing to do things for God. God takes in account everything we do for him. He keeps a careful record. There are things, you see, there are things that people have done to us that we can record the date, both good and bad. <laughs> Let me just chip this in. I saw, I saw a video of, of, I mean, saying that the best, the best, the best archaeologists are, are women. Why? Because of their ability to dig out the past. It was just a funny thing I saw. But it just tells us that human beings are able to record good, both good and bad. That's why sometimes we return with thanksgiving to those who have done good to us. And sometimes when we want to be unrighteous, we are bitter at heart at the things that were done to us in the wrong way. How much more God? God does not forget acts of services done for him. God would always remember the things that we do for him. The fact that God has not shown you by an action or by an act what he has done does not mean that he has not seen what you have done for him or what you are doing for him. God takes note. Every serious business will have a record-keeping book, especially in terms of their account. They know what has been sold. They know what has been bought. They know records. It's a record-keeping book. So this is a system that man is running. How much more God? God takes into account all those who are working for him, those who are serving him, and those who are laboring for him. Which means that whatever we are doing for God, we must have in mind that God is taking notice. Tell somebody God is taking notice. Say God is taking notice. Don't worry, God has seen your labor. Malachi chapter 3 verse 4. I'll be reading quite a number of scriptures, so Malachi 3 verse 4. You see, God rewards your effort. He rewards your work. He sees it and he will credit it to your account. You think that you may, have, you may just have bank accounts here on earth. But everyone, the, immediately you will become born again. An account is created for us. An account to amass the quantum of work we have done. Because the Bible says that the worker is worthy of his wages. That's how come at the end of every month, every worker is looking out for an alert. 
by, by 25th of every month, from 25th of every month, everyone is glued to an alert. There's an issue when it crosses into the next month and the alert has not come. Then there's a problem. Something has gone wrong. Either your name has been deleted from the, from the HR system of payment list or something has gone wrong. But every serious company will always pay on time. They may not pay before time, once a while, but every serious company pays on time. So how much more God? The Bible says that, Malachi 3 verse 4 says that, then the offering, sorry, there is a scripture that says that God will distinguish the righteous from the unrighteous. So please get that. It's, it's, still, in, it's still in Malachi, but please get it for me. I'll, I'll come back to it. The point I want to make is that God would reward our service. As parents, you can give gifts to your, write to your kids, those who, those of them who do house chores. Sometimes they'll do something good and you buy them something. It's a form of reward. So God would always reward an act of service. The Bible says that he's not unrighteous. He means that he's righteous enough to remember what you have done and to pay you accordingly. Say pay you accordingly. The Bible says that the worker is what? Worthy of his wages. God does not forget. Okay. Malachi chapter 3 verse 18. Thank you. The Bible says that then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the, and the wicked. The righteous and the wicked means that those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous. Between him that served God and him that served him not. So this, this is clear English. He's saying that the, okay, the first part is the righteous and the wicked. Comma. Then he gives a description to what he meant by the righteous and the wicked. The righteous man is the man that served God. And the wicked man is the man that does not serve him. So anytime we withhold our service from God, we are describing ourselves, not being called, we are describing ourselves as wicked men. Anytime we render any form of act of service, we have described ourselves as what? Righteous men. And in the mind of God, there's always a difference he will bring in the life of those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous. Those who serve him and those who, not, who don't serve him. It's just a matter of time. It may appear as though the righteous are flourishing, but in the fullness of time, that is why you don't cut a tree before it's time of fruitfulness. Because in the fullness of time, the fruit you see on that tree will be more than what you expect. So in the fullness of time, as we commit ourselves faithfully to the work of God, God is going to cause us to blossom. Why? Because there is always going to be a difference. In many ways, in terms of health, in terms of family, in terms of finance, whatever it will Whatever form it will take, there will always be a difference. It will be obvious that this is white and this is black. You cannot confuse a color black and the white. It is clear. It will be obvious that this one serves God and this one does not serve God. 
But, but the point is, is it enough to just serve God? Our scripture says that God will not forget our labor. He didn't just end there, but our labor of love. Our labor of love. It is not enough to just serve God. God does not accept any form of service. The fact that we need, God needs workers in his house does not mean that he will accept any kind of worker. That is why every serious company, after employing somebody, they will train the person to the standards of the company. There are things, there are modes of operation in every company. And everyone that must work in that company must follow a certain sequence of order. A certain form of doing things. There is a way you may do things somewhere else. But when you come to a new company or in a new system, there is a way. Why? Because the goal is different. The agenda is different. The purpose is different. So the process is also different. Meaning that God has a requirement of a worker. He has the kind of worker he expects. Why? Because you will not attract God's blessings just because you are working. But until your, your labor is in love, until your service is in love, whatever you are doing, it may be singing, it may be ushering, it may be cleaning, whatever, it may be in the sound department, car park, whatever, there must be a description of your service, which is your service is in love. Say, my service is in love. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I hope I'm not going too fast. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. If you can help me, thank you. He says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please God or please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that... Please, I want to just... I want you to just look on the screen. I want to read this text in a different way. And you give me a feedback. If that is what the Bible says. And he says that, For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is. You may take that box. You believe that God is. And that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. Is it true? Does God only reward those that seek him? No. Those who seek him diligently. There must be a way in serving God. There must be a way we must offer sacrifices unto God. That's how come the service of Cain was refused. And the service of Abel was accepted. We cannot bring just anything unto God. The fact that there, there is a need for an offering on the altar does not mean that anything will go. God will only reward us according to the kind of service we render unto him. Matthew 15 verse 8. Matthew 15 verse 8. So we have established the fact that God needs workers. God needs servants. But God needs but more also, God needs people who are serving in love. Matthew 15, verse 8. The Bible says that these people draw it. Please, can you give me another version, a softer version? As, as, as a pastor will always say, a softer version. 
These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It is possible to praise God and our hearts are far. In the same way, it is possible to do things. It's possible to smile and usher in the house, but your heart is, is disconnected from God. People are seeing your actions and back to back, day in and day out, week in and week out, this person is so hardworking. In the sight of men, we are faithful. But in the sight of God, our heart has disqualified us. How painful will it be that you are working in the company and at the end of the month, as you are expecting your pay, they'll tell you that your name is not in the system. They never knew that you were part of the company. This is how it is. This is the same picture. We are working in the company of God, but because our heart is wrong, our name has not been listed in the payroll. How painful will it be? And you see that everyone is being paid. But, but you see, ah, but I, I, I was even employed on the first day. And this person came on the 10th on the day. And yet at the end of the month, the person has been paid. Some way, somehow, the state of our heart must be checked. Hallelujah. So quickly, I want to run through four states of heart that God would require from us as church workers. Please take note that the condition of our heart is what God looks at in our service. A lot of, in fact, a lot of people do things for God out of bitter heart. And you see, when we serve God with our hands, it is the state of our heart that adds value and weight to our service. Our motives, what drives us and what sustains us. Are we doing things because we are being compelled to do? Or, or we say, okay, because there was, there was an altar call on stage by pastor that we are looking for choristers. <laughs> so anyone who feels he can sing but does not pass the test of the right heart can enter that department. We are looking for people who serve at the car park. So people who have, who have not checked the box of a good heart can pass. That is the problem we have as a people. The book of uh, the book of First First Samuel chapter twelve verse twenty four. First Samuel twelve verse twenty four. The Bible says that, but be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve Him. Think of all the wonderful things He has done for you. Faithfully serve Him. Say faithfully serve Him. May God raise faithful servants. Not just servants, but faithful servants that, that we will serve God faithfully and fervently. Hallelujah. The first heart every servant must have is the heart of gratitude to serve. Our heart must be full of gratitude. First, first Timothy 1 verse 12. 1 Timothy 1 verse 12. The Bible says that and this is Paul speaking, all right? I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. 
You can imagine the joy you will have when you receive an employment from the UN. With the same, the same accounting you are doing in your company. When they see that, that CV and they employ you, the prestige, the pride it comes with because you are serving in a particular company. Yes. When you see somebody who is serving in a good company and somebody who is not in a good company, you can tell the level of pride and confidence is there. Why? Because of the, the employer he's working under. So Paul sees that the greatest employer has employed him. Jesus. So he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. We must be grateful that we are serving God. We must be grateful that we are doing what we are doing in the house of God. As church workers, our heart must be filled with gratitude that we too, we are serving God. You should see those who, you see, it's very, it's very, it's very interesting how, how the CEO will work in certain forms of calmness and humility. But the PA to the CEO will show you that there's something called pride. They are always the opposite form of the CEO. Why? Because he is the one who is serving the CEO. And you cannot, no matter what you do, you cannot get through the CEO without getting through him. The pride it comes with. The excitement it comes with. Which means that if we are serving God, if our labor will be of love, our heart must be filled with gratitude that we are serving God. It must not be a burden. Paul says that he considered me worthy. He looked at my CV and even though I did not qualify, he called me to serve. God knows that the kind of things we have done, some of us, we do not qualify to serve a holy God. But yet still, he has considered us worthy. And Paul says that I thank him. When we are coming to church, we must even thank God that we are coming to serve him. It is so much, you see, you see sometimes I ask myself that, how would I feel, me? How would I feel if I was not playing the role I was playing? And all I was doing was to come to church, sit down and go home. Even as I was asking myself that question, I was feeling sick. I knew that what gave me essence and purpose was what, I was, what, what I'm doing for God. And that must be our mindset. What gives us essence and purpose? How do you feel when you are absent from church? When you are out of post? When you are not in line of duty? How do you feel? And, and like, I'll, I'll just use, use the choir as, as an example. And I can tell when those who don't come for rehearsals and those who are not on stage, when they see the choir, I mean, on stage and they are ministering powerfully, and the whole church is up, they're clapping. You can see that no, they wish they were on stage. But yet, we don't show it in our service. We must know that if God is going to reward us, our heart must be filled with gratitude. The gratitude that God has also considered us beyond what we can do, beyond what we qualify for, beyond the state of our lives. There are people who may qualify for the things we are doing, but God has considered us. Say, God has considered me. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has considered you.
So therefore, be grateful. Yes. You know that what you are doing, you are not up to it, but some way, somehow, there is room for you. <laughs> There's room for you. We keep making mistakes after mistakes, but God is still saying that I love those who are serving. And therefore, we must be grateful to him. So number one, have a heart full of gratitude. Thank God that you too, you are, you are an usher. Thank God that you too, you are at the sound part. Thank God that you are at the car part. Thank God that you, your hands have found something to do in his house. So the servant that will receive the reward of God is the servant that has, number one, a heart of gratitude for service. Number two, a heart of humility. A heart of humility. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 22, verse 4. Proverbs 22, verse 4. So we are looking at four, the four hearts that would ensure, that would qualify a worker to receive the rewards of God. True humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Yeah. True humility. Please, can I get another version? The reward of a gentle spirit and the fear of the Lord is wealth and honor and life. Please give me another version. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. We will continually attract the riches and honor and life from God when our heart is full of humility. Serving in the house of God with humility. Not seeing yourself more highly than we ought to. We must see that we are all servants and therefore it is unnecessary to walk in pride. A heart that is humble is the heart that will receive the exaltation of God. The fastest way to be lifted by God as a servant is to have the heart of humility. No servant has the heart of pride. No. We don't qualify to be servants if our heart is full of pride. We think that, oh, if we don't do what we are doing, nobody can do it. That is a heart of pride. We think that, oh, well, the, our, our boss needs us more than we need him. It's a heart of pride. We must know that we need God more than God needs us. So every servant is required to have a heart of humility. Staying humble to his duties. Staying humble to what God has called him to do. And doing it therein. Number three, the heart of joy. So first, a heart of gratitude. Two, a heart of humility. Three, a heart of joy and excitement. Psalm 100, verse 1 to 2. Psalm 100, verse 1 to 2. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with sadness. <laughs> Serve the Lord with complaints. <laughs> Please, I want us to look at the screen. Serve the Lord with murmuring. <laughs> Is that what we see? But, he says, serve the Lord with gladness and 
come before his presence with singing. It means that our approach to our post must be gladness and singing. When we are leaving home, those in, in the house must know that this person is excited about what he's doing. We are coming to church and we are singing. We are singing and we are dancing. Ah, what has happened? What, what, what has happened? Have you received an alert? People think that joy will only come when we see, when we, we, we see an alert. But he says that for those who would attract my blessings as servants, they must come and serve me with gladness. There must be joy in our hearts. Not because of a happening. Happenings would determine your happiness. But it is the joy of the Lord that will make you joyful. If you are looking for what will make you happy, a lot of things can make you sad. But you see, the same thing that can make you sad can happen. But if you rely on the strength of God, your heart will be full of joy. Don't be wondering, ah, you are going through this and you are still joyful. I may not be happy, but I am full of joy knowing that my Redeemer will come through for me. That is the heart that God is required. Be joyful in your heart. Don't have a hardened heart. Don't have a bitter heart. Don't have a heart that is, you see, joy will allow life to flow through us. We must be excited that we are doing what we are doing for God. And it will show in our actions. If you are at post and, and, and you know, as, as an usher, you must be told to, sm to, to, to smile. Then there's a problem. <laughs> you are on stage and you are, and you are singing. Um, we bless your name, almighty God. We glorify. And you, you are from your face. If there's joy in your heart, men will see it on your face, yes. <laughs> Nobody is... Nobody has been seen happy and has frowned before. You say, oh, why, why are you frowning? Oh, I'm happy. Really? I mean, we'll be shocked. We'll be shocked that you are happy and you are frowning. There must be an evidence of your joy. The joy in our heart in serving God must show on our face. Somebody has stayed in church because an usher smiled at her. Yes. Say that I, I was excited the way I was welcomed. Joy. The joy that is in our heart will show through the smiles on our face. We must be excited. Say, I must be excited. Or say, I must be excited. If God is going to reward our service, our service must have the heart of gladness. So he says that, serve the Lord not with a heavy heart, not with sadness. It means that every day you pray, God, this issue is weighing me down, but I want to serve you with gladness. Therefore, help me. And you, it will amaze you that the people that know what you are going through will be inspired because of the joy that is exuding from you. Our heart must be full of joy. I told you from, from right from the beginning that God does not just reward people who serve him. No. There is a requirement in service that our labor of love we are laboring, but is it out of gladness? We are laboring, but is it out of gratitude unto God? We are laboring, is it out of pride or is it out of humility? Ask your neighbor, are you serving out of gladness? Oh, ask him. 
Are you serving out of humility? And are you serving out of, of gratitude? Because of time, the last point, a heart of hope. A heart of hope. There's a scripture that I would, I would just want you guys to please help me with. It says that for the joy that was set before him, I think it's in Hebrews. Hebrews, then you can also look at Romans 15, verse 13. We are about to end the service. I mean, this first part of the service. Have you been blessed? Have you been blessed? So just know that it's not enough to serve God. Something will qualify us to receive a reward. And number one, serving God with gratitude in our hearts. Serving God with humility. Number three, serving God with gladness. Please have you found it. Say that looking up unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me show you something. The joy that was set before him was the seat that was available for him at the right hand side of God. Despite the shame and the pain he was going through, his eyes was fixed on the joy that was set before him. People are consistent and persistent in, the, in, their, in their service to God because they focus on that which God has promised them. They are consistent and persistent. Things may be difficult in what in at, at the time you are in. But like Jesus, a perfect example, his eyes were fixed on what God has promised him. And no matter what, was, what he was going through, he had to endure. People give up. You see, you must not be quick to blame those who turn their back in service. They may not turn their back on God, but because of the demands that the service of God brings, looking at what they are going through, strength is not there to combine it. It's because, most of the times, it's because we shift our gaze from the joy that is set before us. Our heart must be filled with hope that what God has promised me as a worker, he will do it. If you are looking at the end of the man as a worker, they may be insulting you in, in your office, but somewhere, somehow, you will not leave the job. Why? Because by all means, at the end of the month, there will be a paycheck in front of you. So if we want to stay in line, if we want to receive, see the rewards of God, God is looking at those who through hardship and trials are still serving him. Hardship and trials must not make us turn our backs on God, but rather our hearts must be filled with hope that he who has promised is faithful. So Jesus, the Bible says that he despised the shame. He despised the pain. Why? Because he knew that God had, the Father had promised him. I want you to know 
that God has promised us a blessing as church workers. It doesn't matter what we are going through. What he has promised will come to pass. The enemy is going to magnify the situation so that we will, as we have put our hand in, in the plow, we'll look back. The Bible says that he who looks back after putting his hand in the plow is not fit. Are you, after all the years of service, are we going to look back because of our trials and situations? I'm going to miss the reward of God. God is saying that I'm going to reward you if you have a heart of gratitude. I'm going to reward you as a worker if you have a heart of humility. I'm going to reward you if you have the heart of joy. And lastly, but not the least, I'm going to, to reward you if you have a heart of hope. Holding on to my promise as a worker. Holding on to my promise as a worker. You want to put your hand, your right hand on your, your chest and pray that God I know that my labor of love will not be forgotten. Our theme scripture. Our theme scripture. If, 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 if you can please put it on the screen. We are praying right now. Our theme scripture, Hebrews 6 verse 10. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself that God will bless you with a heart of gratitude. A heart of humility a heart of excitement and joy and a heart of hope that you will not turn your back on the work of God because of what you are going to Father we thank you for this morning we bless you we are grateful that this morning you spoken to us in Jesus name Amen so we are going straight into the service and God richly bless you